Hello and welcome to the Fish Out of Water podcast. You're here with me, Matthias, and Isaac. And here we're just going to talk about sports and not just any sports, most importantly, the ones that matter. Yeah, so uh, Matt and I decided to create this podcast uh, purely out of our passion for basketball and football. So we're really excited to uh, get into it. Just a quick overview about Matt and I. We're both from Orange County. We've been childhood friends since uh, third grade, and we've basically grown up together. And we're just really excited to get going. So let's just hop into it. All right, let's do it. So today in this episode, we're going to go over a little recap of how the NBA season went. I know that there's a lot of controversy around it, and we're going to undig through all of that. And towards the end, we're going to get into more basketball with the upcoming draft and talk about who our sleepers are. So make sure you guys stay tuned till the end. All right, Isaac. All right. So what's your overall opinion or like feeling on how the NBA season went? Well, first of all, obviously the pandemic and all that, like it's just we're lucky enough to have an NBA season. And I felt like the NBA did its best, did their best to, you know, um just have a season with and having all these COVID protocols and like adjusting uh based on who had COVID and whatever but uh in terms of pure quality of watching I mean what can I say it's it was the but it was a Buck Suns finals um you know nothing to take away from the Bucks or Suns uh obviously he had a he had a win you had to beat the teams in front of you to get to where they went, you know, to the NBA Finals. But, I mean, let's be honest. I don't think anyone's choosing them to win a championship next year, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, and I feel like, I mean, congrats on Giannis' first championship, you know. Had that crazy game six, dropping 50. Crazy. Right. But man, I think people forget how many, how good he really is, you know? Um, and I'm going to just straight up and say it. And I know it's our first podcast and, you know, we might want to ease into it, but hey, this is a part of the reason why I wanted to make a podcast with you, man. I don't think Giannis is as good as people think uh, he is, you know? He, I don't think he's a top five player, top three player. And I think you and I both agree on this. That he's around like nine. Uh, he's definitely a star player. But, I mean, do we really think he can be a legitimate number one option in normal circumstances? Look, I, I really, I don't think so. I, I know how you feel about Giannis. And unfortunately, I kind of feel the same way. But he can, <laughs> be, he can be a number one option. He just. No, he no, 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 no. Look, I'm with you. He's insanely overrated. And I'm looking at like the season, right? Again, I thought the league was handled great. Adam Silver did a great job this year. It wasn't controversial. You know, the players did what they were supposed to, but man, Bucks Suns finals. I mean, injuries, injuries happen and it's tough, but yeah, looking at I mean, Giannis, I have I to mean, say, I think everyone in the finals is getting overrated right now. And Giannis at the top of it. I mean, I was I heard some other people Absolutely. in the media today saying Giannis is the best player in the NBA. Like Yeah, shout out Shannon Sharp for that horrible take. Oh dude, my goodness. Colin Coward too. Yo, these guys forget who LeBron is, bro. Yo, okay, come on. Go, go James. Okay, I'm actually gonna say he's number one. 
But yeah, I agree with you. Giannis, Giannis is a great player, but he's pure athleticism. He's one of the most athletic players. Almost reminds yeah. me a little bit more of like a Hakeem Olajuwon almost. Whereas like, but even Hakeem had skill, you know what I mean? I feel like Giannis yeah. almost has no skill. He's just a big body who's really good. But the reason exactly. Giannis dropped 50, honestly, not to diminish him, he's great. But that was some of the worst coaching I personally have ever seen. Like, you saw yeah. what worked against Giannis. In 20, I think it was 2019, the Kawhi Suns, or the Kawhi um, Raptors built the wall. Like, it worked. Right. And then you watched the Heat do it last year, and it worked. Right. And then for some reason, Monty Williams thinks that going man and guarding everyone other than Giannis is a good choice. Like, DeAndre Ayton's 23, and I don't think he's that great of a rim protector. Like, he's not going to stop Giannis. Well... I don't think the Suns have the personnel to um, do that kind of scheme because one, they play like seven guards because they yeah. play campaign CP uh, and that was kind of, and then Cam Johnson. And let's be honest, none of those three can, they didn't have the versatility and length that uh, the, the heat had last year and the, 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 the length that the Raptors had when they stopped Giannis. Yeah, you're totally right about that. And that on top just... of that, like Marcus Saul with the Raptors, and I know he's a dinosaur by now, but <laughs> I swear to God he was good on the Raptors. He was former defensive player of the year. Uh, and they had Serge too. Yeah, and Serge. And mm -hmm. Kawhi Leonard yeah. as a nail help side. Uh, Lowry's not Al a bad Lowry player, too. Either. Yeah. It's just there's so many guys that can step up there. Um, Even OG too. OG, yeah, I didn't think about OG. He can guard the wing, yeah. I don't think he played that year. Though. I think he's injured, but um, yeah. Even Fred, like they had a really their core group of players were all the defense first. I feel like you know maybe outside of Fred, Freddie, yeah, Freddie Van Fleet, but um, yeah, and Miami too, like. You know, primarily they put Jay Crowder on Giannis. And ironically, Jay Crowder is also on the Suns. But the problem is when you have a guy like Bam Adebayo, right? Mm. That's when you can yes. put Jay Crowder on Giannis because Bam is so versatile and he's so switchy and he could move, you know, with guards. Absolutely. But when you have DeAndre Ayton out there, he literally can't do anything no. to guards. So he was on Giannis and... I mean, we saw the result, man. Yeah. Giannis completely dominated him. That I mean, came off the wrong way. Look, if we can agree <laughs> on one thing, but, I feel like we're both saying that the Bucks were better than the Suns. They were just bigger. No they question. were more physical. No question. Maybe they didn't shoot as much. But then I guess we move on to the Suns then, which somehow came out of like the West, which is the supremely great conference. Yeah. How do you, how do you feel about the Suns? Man, what more than the Suns? Uh, Really, CP, what a disappointment, man. Like, really? Man, I think I think CP was a CP the entire playoffs. I mean, he is what he is, you know, top. He's, to me, like a top. I think he's one of the five greatest point guards in NBA history. Really? And I, I think everyone would say, man, uh, CP's best chance to win a ring was definitely this year, man. No, it's no not question. getting better unless he's joining LeBron. And, man, uh, we'll talk about that. At a later podcast oh, when man. the lakers are back yes sir yes sir but um yeah i mean it's just it's just sad for cp to go out this way 
Um, but as a whole for the Suns, like, I mean, I said it before, let's be honest. Is anyone picking them to, uh, is anyone picking them to make it out of the West next year? You know, I, I don't even know if they're making the playoffs. <laughs> like I'm just, I won't go that far, but <sighs> to me, they are around the six, seven seed. They might be, they might be in the play next year. Cause, um, yeah, I, I, I don't believe in their hype. Um, I know that they, they made it to the finals this year, but it was a lot of um, unsustainable injuries, you know, like, let's be honest. Look, I mean, seeding's different than like actual skill. I'm with you. I think the Suns are around sixth, seventh best team in the West. And honestly, I think I'm being generous, but the truth is they're yeah. going to be a high seed if Chris Paul stays because Chris Paul is what Chris Paul is like. Whether you like it or not, Devin Booker takes 100 shots a game. He makes less than 50%. He's not going <laughs> to rebound. He's not going to assist. He's not going to play defense. Uh, he is a better uh, playmaker. But, yeah, go He's ahead. He's going to look good. Like, Booker's good. But Chris Paul is what brings those guards together. Like, we made fun of them for having seven guards, and they really do. Yeah. But, I mean, Chris Paul's great. He really is. And this year, he took a team that hadn't made the playoffs in, what, five years since Devin Booker's been there? Probably longer. Maybe 10 I think years. it was like 10 years. Dude. It's Nash, probably. It's like Nash, yeah. Yeah. So then Crazy. they make the playoffs because of him. And to their credit, they make the finals going through no Lakers, um, a ghost of the Nuggets, a ghost oh, of yeah. the Clippers. But Chris Paul did what Chris Paul does. I'm really disappointed that he didn't close it. And to yeah. be honest, from a legacy – And they were up 2-0. And they were up 2-0, they were up 2-0 right? 2-0. I don't yeah. think this diminishes his legacy. I just don't think it helps it. I, I, I think Chris Paul is what Chris Paul is. Yeah, so, like, I mean, like you, you see, think? you see people like diehard Allen Iverson fans. They're always point to AI taking the Sixers to the finals, but you, I don't think you'll see that with CP, you know, and that's no. that's pretty sad. I love CP too because if you can tell, I'm a Clippers fan, and I watched him. You know, he's great, but <sighs> this guy's Clippers. He just doesn't. <laughs> he just doesn't. It's like that next year. It's always he gets so close every year, and I just don't see it happening again unless he takes a back seat. But I think Chris Paul is the type of player that he's gonna keep trying. Like I don't see him yeah. going to join LeBron. I see him like maybe yeah. joining the Clippers would be a better fit because he'd get a little more, like he he'd get more credit. If he joins LeBron, it's like a cop out. You know, he becomes cupcake. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Hey, we'll talk about that another time. Uh, CP's free agency. But uh, yeah, but uh, like, let's go back to Giannis. Um, you know, championship to championship. What do you think? You know, how do you think it affects his legacy? You know, like that didn't day he did win a championship. He did drop, what was it, 50 in game six. Um, he did. Completely dominant. Uh, look, he is one of the best players in the NBA, no doubt. Absolutely. Um, I mean, Giannis's legacy is going through the roof right now because at the end of the day, people are diminishing the Suns, but nobody in the media is going to diminish the Bucks for what they did. Okay. They had, in my opinion, a pretty easy path to the finals. Uh, first round, they went through uh, – who'd they play in the first round? It was uh, – The Heat. They swept the Heat. They did. They did sweep yeah, the Heat. That was let's very... be real. The Heat were a little weird this year, like – Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, yeah, I don't know I agree. what's going on there. Their, their team regressed a lot. They lost yeah. a lot of guys. Iguodala's old uh, hero regressed a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That guy's going to Shanghai, bro. He's <laughs> on the Sharks, bro. For real. And then, obviously, they have the Nets series, right? And 
I no mean, you, you know, Kate, Kevin Durant is a top two player in the league without a doubt, but they traded all their players for Kyrie and Harden. Yeah. So you basically, because they were injured, it was Kevin Durant versus the Bucks, and Kevin Durant almost won. Like, yeah, which is great because Giannis is a superstar. So you get to the finals. That's going to be arguably the greatest finals performance of all time. Like it's yeah. going to be really hard in our generation to argue for a different series. So, I mean, this, this takes Giannis to new heights and he's already super likable. So from a legacy standpoint, I think Giannis could win zero more rings and that's a very strong possibility. And this will still be the, the year that defines him 2021. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Matt and I have our opinions on Giannis, but I mean, to everyone else, like, it's just, I think for everyone else, it's just crazy to see that, you know, a super team didn't win it for once, you know, and they're really going to praise Giannis for it. And mm -hmm. obviously his personality helps because he is a great guy. Um, and really in legacy, he, he might, in, in terms of like NBA history, when we go down, what, 20, 30 years down the road, like people will remember him. Uh maybe as one of the 10 greatest players of all time. And look, I just disagree with that. <laughs> but I, I do think uh, that's where you will be placed in most people's boards at the end of the day. You think top 10? I mean, yeah. he's what? He's like 27, 28. He's got a long career. He's like 26, long. yeah. 26. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just – his physical specimen is incredible. and he's, Yeah, he, he honestly – it's him or LeBron. It's one of those two who have the greatest, like, physical traits in NBA history. I Honestly, I'd probably say Giannis physically over LeBron. But we yeah, all know. Yeah, I mean. LeBron just has a bag. Like, no disrespect to Giannis. But. Yeah. Giannis. Congrats, Giannis. If you're ever listening to this. <laughs> um, please don't take this as disrespect. Oh, Matt man. and I both see you as one of the greatest players. Well, not one of the greatest players ever, but. One of the greatest players today. Uh, congrats on your ring. Absolutely. <laughs> I, can, yeah. I mean, all props to Giannis. This is Chris Middleton. I stepped up big time and nobody. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Middleton. Yeah, we should. But Giannis at the end of the day was the thing that took them there. But I mean, let's yeah. be real here. Giannis is as far from a closer as like I am from an NBA player. Like <laughs> he just doesn't close unless it's a wide open alley-oop dunk. You know what I mean? But Middleton, yeah. without Middleton, it's a completely different story. This guy would go 0 for 30 and hit like five shots in a row in the fourth quarter. I swear this, like, I don't think I've ever seen Chris Middleton miss a contested jump shot in the clutch once. In the, he's like unbelievable. And this really, mother, like, for the longest time, I always thought that Chris Middleton was maybe like a, you know, fourth starter on the championship team. I mean, we're talking legit third option, you know, low end second. Uh, man, he his shot creation ability, his playmaking skills has just gone to another level. And wow, I just I was very impressed by him. And I do I do see the rationale for giving him finals MVP. You know, that's how good he, I thought he was this finals and really this entire playoffs. Yeah. He would have been in the running if Giannis didn't drop a 50-piece and score half of his team's points. Like, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone got mad at McCollum, too, when he tweeted that. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't know, man. I don't think it's Giannis Slander. It's just Chris Middleton. Was no, Middleton, incredible. 
I, I honestly think Middleton should be elevated more than Giannis because of this. Because Giannis is already the two-time MVP. People consider him the best player in the world. Like, there's a percentage of people. But where does – for you, where does Middleton – do you see Middleton as, like, a solid two in the league? Ooh, solid two. So, so, like, this is how I think of it, though. You know, in normal circumstances, there's only two number ones in the league, I feel like. Legit number ones. And it's LeBron or Kevin Durant. And everyone else is a two to be. Really? Yes, absolutely. You see that in the last 10 years. Most of it is LeBron or KD. Hmm. I don't know. I got like six or seven ones, but we can go in that later. I mean, I'm talking about high-end ones, you know? Like, Curry Curry is like, I don't know if he's a one to me. Because his, his self-creation for offense isn't, it's not as good as KD, LeBron, or even Luka, in my opinion. We'll get to oh, that later. I mean, well, I but, mean, so you're basically just saying that whoever can be an architect and just build a super team. No, 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 no. I'm talking about shot creation, period. Because for shot me, creation, then I Curry's say definitely there, then I'd say Curry has. I don't, uh, I don't, that far, but I don't know. Curry, Curry's definitely. To me, he's the greatest point guard in NBA history, no doubt. Sorry, Magic, but he is. NBA Curry history. Is, NBA history, Curry's one. And Curry, right now for me, he's at number four. But, and uh, as a shock, pure shot creator, I it, there's some questions there, you know. Um, and I know people hate Draymond, but a lot of Curry is, you know, ridiculous off-ball threes, you know. I agree. Um, it's not really him isolating and uh, creating his own shot in the clutch. That's why... He, uh, he kind of struggles sometimes in the clutch, you know? Yeah, uh, I mean... In the playoffs, especially. I'm that. not going to go as far to say, like, I want Iguodala, but <laughs> there's definitely more guys in the league I would want to take a shot than Curry. And I know you're kind of on this, but there's a lot of... Uh... Like, I feel like if you tell Curry, like, oh, just get... If you tell Curry, like, oh, just give me a bucket. Like, I don't know if he could do that consistently in the, in the NBA Finals, you know? No. With, uh, you know, like, 10 seconds left, you know? Yeah. So that's why I feel like the only two players that can really take you as take you to a championship as a true one is LeBron or KD. So everyone else, in my opinion, is fighting for that two spot, you know, on their teams. If if I were to build a team, but Middleton, I don't know if he's at that level, man. Like we're talking like Curry, Doncic. Um, you know those guys okay and, well then by those standards i guess i'll ask do you think chris middleton could be a supporting star on a championship team as a third option absolutely so i think third option then he to me he's a third option low low end two i'll say low end two okay um middleton ranks he ranks around like i'd say like low 20s between low 20s to high 10 so like between like 18 to 22 ish. So there would you take like Middleton over McCollum? Oh, easily, man. Easily. I take him over Booker, honestly. Like, ah, man, I'm not trying I, to agree I, with you on everything, but I, I'm not going to actually, I'm just going to say it. Okay. Booker was one of the most underrated players in the league. Like, yeah, deserves an all star, but now he is incredibly overrated. Like, this whole playoffs run, I've been listening to people spew off about how Booker's, like, 
oh, some people say a top 10 player. Like, I don't think that's a crazy thing to say is popular opinion. And a lot of people are prisoners of the moment. But you said you, said you don't think it's a crazy thing to say. It's not, it's not a crazy thing to say that most people think Booker's a top 10 player. Oh, you don't think it's crazy? No, I'd say like a lot of people say that. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. My bad, my bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, but he can score, but there's so many guys who can score more efficiently than him. Like so many. Yeah. You kind of have a point. I might take Middleton over Booker, but it depends on the system at the same time. Because Booker's a more consistent scorer, and I think that matters. So I, at the end of the day. I agree. Actually, I'm changing my mind. At the end of the day, I would take Booker over Middleton just because he has consistent scoring. I think if you put Booker okay. with Giannis, he would space the floor better than Middleton. I don't know, man. Middleton out of 50-40-90 season like last year, man. Shot 50-40-90, bro. Good. He's good, for sure. Uh, but I don't know. Between Booker and Middleton, Booker's uh, to the measurables, like Middleton is you – know, he's like six foot nine. He's like a seven – Put wingspan. Uh, he he's he got those just, long arms. Yeah, he he's, he's like he, he just rises over people in the court. Yeah, uh, exactly. That's why he can hit so many contested shots because of his measurables. You know, I and also feel like feel for the game is just unmatched. It's it's amazing. I think the other thing too is Middleton. I don't. He doesn't rack up assists, but his like awareness is like strong. Like he knows when to pass the ball. But sometimes I feel like I know that finals game. I think it was game five um booker drove the ball in got swarmed by three guys and he proceeds to like pump fake and try to score it even though chris paul's on the wing and then drew holiday steals it and then oh you know, yeah. to Giannis. like booker I mean, does that's just things. he's a young player still you know i just yeah i just feel like he doesn't he doesn't buckle down enough and have like the awareness to make the right plays I yeah mean, part of that's uh his his you know he's like 24 you know yeah so yeah uh, but yeah, I agree. Like, I think Middleton's IQ is, you know, he does show more IQ than Booker does at times. Definitely. And then um, not to stay on the bucks too much, but Drew Holiday was the missing piece that was added. And a lot of people are saying that he was what took them to the finals. I know like Charles Barkley was all over that. Where do you think like Drew Holiday stands now? Um, you know, for the longest time, Drew Holiday was considered one of the un- most underrated players in NBA. But man, he like a lot of these guys in the finals. To me, he's one of the most overrated players in the NBA. Really? You think Drew Holiday is overrated? I agree. Yes, because I do not think that the only reason why Drew Holiday, like Drew Holiday, is like a top ten point guard. You know, he's like around eight for me. That's the reason why he looks so good is because he's not Bledsoe. I don't think people understand. <laughs> it's that simple. And I'm not trying to tra- I'm not trying to bash on Eric Bledsoe, but I mean Bledsoe was uh he underperformed a lot last year against the Heat, and he was a big reason why uh Miami beat them. Bledsoe you know? could not space the floor, and that's what Giannis needs. Yeah, exactly. Bledsoe Bledsoe's IQ is very questionable at times, yeah. too, on top of that. Um and he's not a dynamic playmaker. He's just so limited offensively compared to Drew. Okay. Um, so when you say Drew Holiday is overrated, yeah. are you saying like, like I, where do you think he ranks around other point guards? To me, I'd say he's around eight. He's so around, around eight. who? Like what tier? 
like Mike Conley. He's about the level of Mike Conley, a little better than Mike Conley, I would say. It's hard to it's hard to evaluate point guard because yeah, yeah. Is Luka Doncic a point guard? Is LeBron James a point guard? You know, but even if you take LeBron and Luka out, I would say that he is about eight, in my opinion. Eight, maybe seven, maybe seven. I don't have a list off the top of my head, but I, I put him higher than that. I mean, if you see what he brings yeah. like defensively and playmaking wise, the only thing with him is he's one of those weird players where every time he shoots, I think he's going to miss. Like, there's something about him. He just doesn't seem like he shoots at a good percentage. <laughs> I mean, his shot creation is very – it's questionable, you know? It is. It is. I like Drew Holiday, though. I think he's a, a good piece on a championship team. Absolutely. But, but I don't do – you, Like, do you think he's a third option? You yeah, know? absolutely. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't think he's I'd a say he's option. a mid-third option. Like, if you look at these two guys here, if you put Drew Holiday in the middle of them, I, I'd say that would do amazing things, especially defensively. Yeah. Yeah, actually, maybe, now that I think about it. But do you feel good about him being your third option, though, you know? Yeah, as long as you have, like, a good supporting cast. Like, if you were a team... Okay, go ahead. Actually, yeah, I'm very solid with Drew Holiday. I mean, Drew Holiday being a third option. Third option? You know, any team. I don't know, man. I- I'm not, like, sold on that. He'd be, be good honest. on the Lakers as a third, too. I mean, yeah, anyone would be good on the... Everyone, anyone would be good as a third on the Lakers, bro, so LeBron and AD... Come on, man. Just kidding. You, but, you, acted like, you acted like you weren't saying Kuz was the third option two years ago. Bro, this – we'll have a separate podcast to talk about how <laughs> horrible Kuzma is. He literally sold oh, – okay, I, I'm not going to go. Yeah, 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 okay, okay. So we've been on the Bucks. Let's jump back to the Suns then, and let's, sure. talk, let's talk future. So with the Suns, yeah. all right. heading forward, what should the Suns do as a franchise? This is all right. This this is an interesting situation because they did make the finals. Like we know it's fluky. I'm sorry I said fluky, but it's yeah, pretty. Fluky. I like that word. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're a Phoenix Suns fan. I'm sorry. This championship was pretty <clears> fluky. <throat> yeah, <laughs> our friends a Phoenix Suns fan. Um, and they did make the finals, right? So you think like. You want to keep the squad together, right? Because you're seeing DeAndre Ayton's extension uh, is now he's now eligible for extension. Mikal Bridges available for extension. Uh, Chris Paul, you know, uh, he's a player option this season, this upcoming off season. Excuse me. Did you say they are available for extensions? Yeah. So yeah, they're eligible for extensions now. Yeah. Uh, okay. So what do you do if you're Phoenix? Campaign his uh, you know campaign was huge for them this year. Um, do you pay him? There's so many questions, you know? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, you know, um, to me, it's so difficult because you can go with the route with paying DeAndre Ayton. You can pay Mikal Bridges and you can pay Chris Paul. They're all good guards. Like, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, I feel like he's overrated too, but he is a solid, you know, he's a decent five, I feel like. Yeah, he's a good center. I just don't think he's a great But player. we have to remember that this is not baseball. This is not soccer. You can't just pay guys. There's a salary cap. Mm-hmm. And if you're paying a guy like DeAndre Ayton, like $30 million per year, like that really limits how good you can be as a team, you know? It's Absolutely. Because we're seeing guys like Tobias Harris get 
40 million and see what they're like. The Sixers are really limited what they could do now outside of trading Ben Simmons. Chris Paul's making upward of 40 right now a year, right? He's like 45 if he accepts yeah. a player option. And he's looking for that kind of um he's looking for that kind of money, I think, in the offseason. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard. But um it's really difficult, you know. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, what I would do if I'm Phoenix, and this might sound crazy, I would sell extremely high. I would sell DeAndre Aiden for extremely high right now. I would look to trade him. I don't think his value will be any higher than it is right now. And really, at his age? At his age, I don't think his value will go any higher. The reason being is I personally never believed in DeAndre Aiden. And don't get me wrong, he played great. He played great. But he played great against Andre Drummond, you know. He played great against the Clippers, who had no center. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is, outside, I mean of, outside of Zubats. And Zubats was, like, injured, you know. Z- yeah, Zoo got hurt. And there was and no Ibaka, Ibaka was gone, too. We had a uh, – I think we, we had Batum and Batum at the five, Morris you know? switching at the five. Yeah, and Terrence Mann, too. <laughs> yeah, Terrence Mann played the five. You're yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, you're and look, what, look how yeah. – I mean – I'm just gonna say, like, look how poor he he was. So bad against the Bucks in the finals. Against Giannis, yeah, a, a team full with lengthy, big, you know, bigs and uh, wings. You know, if I can jump in that last game, yeah. Every time Aiton was at the rim, like in the fourth quarter, he was hesitating on layups. Yeah. He was terrified of Giannis. It, it was so bad to the point where I legitimately thought that Frank Kaminsky looked better than like Frank Kaminsky. Yeah. This this clown. I'm sorry. I don't want to keep going off on this, but Frank Kaminsky was playing better than DeAndre Aiden. Mr. Number one overall pick, DeAndre Aiden picked over Luka Doncic, you know? Yep. So for me, if I'm Phoenix, number one thing I'd look to do is trade DeAndre Aiden. I would sell high on his value right now because I personally don't think he is a top five center. He's around like eight. And I don't think that you can win a championship with DeAndre Aiden. Outside of if you have like a ridiculous super team, you know, you, you make an interesting take. Yeah, I have to so say that's what I would do. So I agree with you on the selling high. So I'm looking at the Suns as a team. They're they're missing a lot. And at the end of the day, they're not getting back to a championship with this team. Like yeah. they're, just, they're not. Um, if I were what we know about the NBA is the only way to win championships is to have superstars and you need multiple. Yeah. You can't have one. Yeah. Unless it's a fluke year. Okay, I'm not going to say that. You need you need more than one. So when I'm looking at the Suns here, move off Chris Paul. Move off everyone. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, okay, clearly, move off everyone. It's it's just not, the money's not working. Like, you have all of this, but you have no money for a superstar. And let's not act like superstars aren't on the market right now. You got Bradley Beal, who might want to trade. Well, we're Good. saying he is. Yeah, Russell exactly. Westbrook's on the market. Uh, Damian Lillard might be on the market. You have oh, all of these... Co- Kawhi's not leaving. He's just being a baby. But let's say for the time being, you definitely make the Clippers a phone call. Or you make, you make Uncle Dennis a phone call and say, hey, we're interested. <laughs> Uncle Dennis. Clear the team. Like, just do it. But I would yeah. hold on to two players, Aiton and Booker, because they're young. They can grow. And you can pair a third star with them. But you need a real third star. No offense to Chris Paul. You need, wow. Like, wow, you okay. need somebody better. Because you and I just agreed Booker is, like, a low second to third option. You can't win a championship with a low second to third being your best player. You need to go get a superstar. So, I mean, if I'm, I'm clearing it, 
I'm open in the salary cap and I'm riding the wave. Cause like you said, selling high, everyone looks good. Like I really like the sun's guards. You can move off these pieces. Like they're good. Hey, players. You went off roasting Devin Booker to now saying, keep him. Well, he's, he's young and he's got upside. Like, I I don't think his upside is any further than what it is. I think he's reached his ceiling outside of like some IQ stuff. Mm -hmm. And maybe he can be better like off ball as a defender. But I think Devin Booker has reached his peak offensively. Well, look, I have to disagree with something, though. Chris Paul is was not the third option, buddy. He is not. No, 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 no. I didn't mean Chris Paul is the third option. I'm saying they need they needed a third option, like between the three of them, like just a third player, like but a real one. So okay. like Aiton would be the three, Booker would be the two. So I was saying Chris Paul's not a one. I guess. Oh, okay, guys, what you're saying? Yeah, so, Chris I Paul's mean, definitely not a one. There's a big market. Move off these guys. Make money. Land a free agent. You Phoenix could be in the finals next year if they play their cards right. Like they really could. But Matt, you have to remember. It's not as simple as getting Bradley Beal. No, it's not. But it's worth it because you're better off being crap for two more years. Well, and trying to get no one's trying to go to Phoenix, ball. man. I'm telling you. I no don't know. One. The Valley, I, if I'm a free agent, I'm kind of attracted to them after this year. Like, you know, their fan base, they're hungry. Well, if Chris Paul leaves, I don't think it's as attractive, you know? Then Chris Paul needs to take a pay cut. Like, if I'm Bradley Beal and I got to choose between going to Miami or Phoenix – I'm not looking at, oh, Devin Booker and Bam. I'm mean, uh, sorry, Booker. I'm Devin, Devin Booker and yeah. uh, DeAndre Ayton. I see Jimmy Bam. Butler yeah. and Bam. Oh, okay. That's that's a team that could actually maybe threaten the Nets, you know, if I they agree with the you. roster. But, yeah, I mean, I – I get I, – I wouldn't go as far to just let go of Chris Paul. I would actually keep Chris Paul. And I know he's 36. I know he's getting old. But Chris Paul is what made the Phoenix Suns, you know, a two-seat at the end of the day. And he can't make $45 million a year. He just can't. I think you and I can agree on that. Like, you, your, your team's not – He can't, but that's – I think that's the reality of the market. It's the salary cap. Um, you can't get good – if you're a small market team like Phoenix – Okay, I won't say the small market, but they're definitely not like L.A., Miami, or New York. You have to overpay for stars, you know? That's the reality. Um, But, I mean, if Chris Paul hit the – if Chris Paul wants to win a ring, and I think he knows that at this point in his career, he's not – if he asks for $45 million – Well, Chris Paul's preference is different than what the Phoenix Suns should do, you know? Well, that kind of ties into it because we're talking about if they should keep Chris Paul. I If I can, I would keep Chris Paul. You know, if the, if he leaves, I think the Suns are like a lottery team again for sure. Definitely not making playoffs. They they um, can keep Chris Paul, but they need to move money around. Chris Paul has to take less money because I think he opted out. Yeah, he opt- I think he's planning to because he he's expecting a big contract this offseason. You know, I don't think he's gonna get a big contract. That's my gut telling me. If he go if he gets a big contract, then he can go have fun in Houston or Charlotte. But come on, <laughs> like. This guy's ready to win. He's 35. Uh, I mean, hey, would you keep Chris Paul or would you keep DeAndre Ayton? DeAndre Ayton. Seriously? He's just younger. And I kind of see what you're saying, though, about his value being higher. And the other thing to kind of agree with you is I feel like there's a lot of bigs in the NBA. So unless you're a really skilled big like Jokic or Embiid, honestly, Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee's are, like, on the market for $5 million. 
and they get the job done if you have good guards like that's what i think the clippers should do like don't draft a center just sign one exactly exactly that's how i feel uh centers are special you know yeah yeah yeah. exactly you know don't get me wrong centers are not useless they're extremely valuable it's actually i'm changing my opinion now because i just don't see the value because I, what just convinced me is I realized Aiton is not a very good rim protector. And it, that's like exactly. the only thing centers really do in today's NBA. So I'm actually going to – Yeah, centers on championship Aiton teams high. have to be defensive. They have to be defensive-minded. And outside, outside of like on offense, a couple like post hooks with his right shoulder and like left shoulder and a couple turnaround jump shots, he's not really that valuable to you, you know, other than his elite yeah. size. and. I still I don't know why he moves really well for his size, but he cannot guard the pick and roll. You know, no, you're and right. He is not a great vertical rim protector either. And his and value right now is so high, and he's making exactly. too much money. Like this is the way you dump his contract. Yeah, I mean, if he if you're paying DeAndre Ayton 30, 35, 40 million dollars per year, oh my god! Like, yeah, I'm sorry, your team is not going to be that good. <laughs> I would actually just, say, you know, what I'm saying. If I'm the Suns, I'd try to keep Chris Paul, but if the price is too high, let him go. Move off Aiton, keep a couple guards, move off the rest, and yeah. you got to hit a free agent. Like, if, if you keep Chris Paul, I think you can. Because if yeah. Bradley Beal's like, we're just going to use Beal. If he's looking at this like, I got Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and then they sign a big, like a Dwight or a JaVale, and then, then Beal goes in, I can be a three, like the, the three small forward. Yeah. Then all of a sudden that looks pretty desirable, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I, I like. I think the Sixers really screwed themselves over by giving a guy like Tobias Harris like that kind of money. You know, Clippers um, were. It was clutch of the Clippers to let him go. Yeah, um, you know that led to that monster deal for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And um, hey, at the end of the day, like, are you willing to pay forty million dollars for Tobias Harris? I do. I do. I wouldn't. You know. No. That's why it's like difficult, especially for small market teams. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Matt and I both agree. The Suns should move off of DeAndre and sell high with their roster currently. Um, yeah. Because let's be honest, they're probably not going to get to the finals in the next twenty years. Um, I think they'd have a lot of buyers too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like not to bash the Clippers because I think it'd be a horrible move. But I feel like the Clippers are one of the teams that would buy into it. They'd look for like a DeAndre Ayton in the center, but I don't think they need DeAndre Ayton, you know? Yeah, I do think that this narrative that DeAndre Ayton is like an elite rim protector. He's he not a good. rim protector. He looked good, but I'm telling you, it's because he played horrible centers outside of Jokic. You're right. He got absolutely burned by Jokic. Um, but Jokic isn't a – he isn't like a defensive, you know – but here's the other thing, too. I don't want to bash Aiton too much, but what we saw what DeAndre Jordan was with Chris Paul. Like, having a point guard as a big is valuable. And yeah. if you watch DeAndre Aiton play offensively, it's like all dunks. I feel like Chris yeah. Paul is part of the reason DeAndre Aiton's having a breakout year. Yeah, definitely. And, like, look what happened when uh, DJ left. Like, without Chris Paul, he, all of a sudden, he's like a, a bench big for the Nets. Well, it was behind Jared Allen, but... And Nick Claxton. He's not playing over Nicholas Claxton at this point. Yeah, I don't know. I really question DeAndre Ayton going forward. I think yeah. you're right. Um, yeah, I do think he has more skill than a guy like DeAndre Jordan. Like, 
He's I very do, skilled. I he do think you can give well. him the ball in the post and he can uh, do a couple Absolutely. moves. He he doesn't to but me what's strong, but he knows how to move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um yeah. but honestly though, like even though like post like I'm not saying there's no value in the center position or any post uh moves, but are you willing to pay like 40, 50% of your cap space for that kind of player? You know, that's the real question. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the Bucks. What should the Bucks do now? Yeah. And you want to go first on this? Let's do it. Yeah. So what do you think they should do? The Milwaukee Bucks should honestly do nothing. Sounds crazy. Really does. But Giannis is a superstar. He's not leaving Milwaukee. He just won't. Um, Chris Middleton proved himself. Drew Holiday's great. I know this, the city is a small market. I don't think there's any players in the NBA right now who are going, I want to go play for the Bucks. The Nets are up and coming, which scares me. But also salary-wise, I don't know what else they could do. With Drew oh. Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis on Supermaxes, there's almost nothing they can do other than maybe sign a couple role players. So, I mean, if I'm the, if I'm the GM, I'm going, there's three superstars. They're making too much money. The Nets are coming back. I would, the only thing I could think of would be to find a way to stop the Nets. Cause I do believe the Bucks are the second best team in the East now. Cause I don't know what's going on with the heat. So defensively they're strong. So, I mean, I would look for some 3 and D shooters, to be honest. Um, maybe yeah. a center to take some pressure off Giannis so Giannis doesn't have to rim protect all the time because Brooke Lopez is a great center. He's pretty versatile, but you could back him up with, you know, a cheap center who can rim protect. But at the end of the day, I see the Bucks going for role players. I don't think there's anything they can do. They're not going to move off Middleton or Drew after winning a championship. They're just not. What so, I kind of agree with you. There's not much they can do. But I do think in the finals, we, de- we did see Giannis at his best when he was playing center. And as an organization, I think that's the direction they should go. I think that they should transition into Giannis becoming a center instead of a power forward. Like Giannis, to me, as a center, is so much more deadly because he's playing against centered, slow-footed fives who can't move with them, you know? Um, and his rim protection, it works. Yeah, his his versatility. His and then you can add guys like uh, verticality, like Divincenzo or Connington in the lineup, so you can space the floor more and go smaller. Exactly, with exactly. It's it's better if he can get you know. Yeah. To the um, and I felt like in the finals when we saw Brook Lopez play, uh, he was good at times throughout the playoffs. Um, he's very skilled, but I do think there's a limit. Uh, there's like a there's a ceiling. You know, it's it, the ceiling is not as high with. Brooke Lopez is playing there um, because, you know, you're not giving the ball to Brooke Lopez in the playoffs, you know, unless Giannis is hurt. Like, mm-hmm. remember when he got hurt against the Hawks. But, um, yeah, so what I would do, the like, the kind of major move I would do is trade Brooke Lopez because he's getting paid like $13, $14 million. Uh, use that for some guards. Use it for some wings, 3 and D wings mm-hmm. they can really yep. use. They really or some them. sort of young talent because um, everyone there is old except DiVincenzo. Honestly, the Bucks should go after whoever the Suns don't sign. You know, the Suns have a lot of these guards. Like, yeah, like campaign. Yeah, they campaign. Can like Johnson, they, they, really have a, they really have a shortage of shot creation because outside yeah. of uh, 
Middleton and, and Middleton's like, kind of a weird shot creator. Like I feel like he just shoots over people, you know? Yeah, like he he he's not consistent enough to getting and, and like getting to the rim, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew Holiday is a limited shot creator. Giannis is no by no means is a shot creator. So I really think to get to the next level, they can get someone even like a Lou Williams, uh, someone oh, like yeah. someone like that. You know, Derrick Rose. Uh, I think Lou's contract's over too. I could be wrong. Yeah, yes, it is. It is. I think so you could sign him for cheap at his age. I think he's planning to retire though. That's what I heard. Not surprised. I mean, no offense to him, but ever since Lemon Pepper Lou, he just I feel like yeah. he doesn't want to play basketball. Hey, Eastern Conference Finals, though, bro. One got past the Knicks, got back to the Sixers. Dude, the East is just I know. It's uh, crazy. That's another discussion for another day. For real. Anyways, let's um let's shift our topic of discussion into the upcoming Thursday draft. Which so is tomorrow. I yes. think we can agree that this is one of the most loaded drafts of all time. Oh yeah. This this draft is so exciting. I can I am so excited to see this draft. Uh, so, I'm know, in love with like 40 players in this draft. As a courtesy uh, to the viewers, we're not going to talk about the top five or 10 players, but we're going to dig into the late first and the second round talents. Yeah, so, yeah I mean, everyone knows how good Kate is and how explosive and quick footed Jalen Green is and Evan Mobley, the versatility that can bring and how. He can be a real-life unicorn, what Porzingis is supposed to be. <laughs> That's a shot in him. But, um, yeah, so let's just get into it. Uh, Matt, we're, we, so just to explain how we're doing this, uh, Matt and I both chose three prospects that uh, we really like. And we're just going to give a brief overview about them, uh, maybe their measurables and, like, what their game is like. And, yeah, we'll just hop into it. Let's do it. All right. So my first prospect is going to be Corey Kispert out of Gonzaga. He's a pretty dude. He's a pretty well-known player and I know he's old at 22, but he's projected as like a mid late first rounder. And I see him having a lot of value in the league. He's averaging 20 points a game on 44% shooting. I believe from three, he's got height and size. I believe he's at 225 around six, 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 seven. He's a great wing defender. I could see him as like a very strong three and D player for a championship team right out of the block. I just see him. I don't know if he's as much of a sleeper as I just like how he is as a prospect. And I see him being a part of a championship team as a solid role player, more of a three and D guy who can, you know, D it down 45% from three. We saw him at Gonzaga averaging 20 points on the wing. He's got a quick release. I just like his game. I feel like he's built for the league. Yeah. Uh, Kispert's, personally, I'm not in love with Kispert. Um, but, you know, if he falls to, like, you know, late first round, I I think he's a decent prospect for sure. Uh, I mean, look, he's not a great ball handler, and I yeah. think it definitely limits him, and he's not that fast. But I don't see him being, like, as in this draft, we have a lot of like, I don't know, ball centric talents. And yeah. I see him as one of the few who can really just role play. Yeah, play off the ball. The ball. Almost like yeah. Connaughton right now. Connaughton. I think he could be better than Connaughton for sure. Yeah, yeah. I was just my, you know, he's long arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Kispert, I'm not in love with him, but I do think, uh, you know, 
I think his upside is limited, but I, I think yeah. his ceiling is a legit 20 point per game scorer who can play off the ball on the ball, uh, very versatile as an offensive player. Uh, exactly. I think his defense is underrated. Actually, I think it's he very can, uh, underrated. That's he can I actually like. move a little better than people think. He's just not quick footed. You know, that's yes. the only thing. He My can... only knock on him is his age too. Like I question his ceiling yeah. being 22. Yeah, he's like a senior, I think, from Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but like I think a legit comparison to him is uh Boyan, Boyan yeah. Bogdanovich, the guy yeah. in uh Utah. Um, I really think he moves similar to him, his shooting Absolutely. ability. Um, yeah, and he could just be like a, a starter on a championship team. Absolutely. Uh yeah. he's a versatile scorer. Um, I don't think he's a three-level scorer, but you know, off the ball, I think his movement. He knows how to make, you know, these angle, like, cuts around screens, and he can read a cut when it's there. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, I definitely think that he can be a part of a championship team as, like, the fourth guy, fifth guy, and, uh, you know, a great shooter. Um, but, yeah, um, like you like you said, I do think his, uh, his upside is limited, though, because of his, um, his age and – his athleticism not being there and his skill set on top of that and his feel mm-hmm. for the game. But yeah, he, he's definitely not a bad player. I hey, think he if, will. If he's there in the twenties and you're a team who's, you know, kind of ready to run, he's a great pick. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Um, yeah, that's Corey Kispert. So yeah, uh, I'll, I'll begin with my uh, sleeper pick. I'll go with Mr. Zaire Williams. Um, it's it's interesting to me how he fell in the draft because um you look at his measurables zaire mm-hmm. williams he's like six nine i believe with a seven two wingspan yep he's Mo- long moves like a guard uh i know his percentages were not good on college but i think that a lot of it was outside of basketball like i know he had a lot of family issues this year uh, he's coming off of covid and injury i think but uh, yeah, I think Zaire Williams is, he can be someone like Jalen Brown, except even taller and lankier than him, you know? Yeah, uh, I mean, I was thinking more like a, MPJ is not, the, okay, I'm not going to say MPJ, more like a Brandon Ingram. Kind but, of, uh, he's like lengthy, but yeah, I, yeah. I think his, uh, the way he moves, it's kind of similar to uh, Jalen Brown, I'd say. Mm. It's just he's a taller and longer version of him, you know, yeah. I think instantly he can also make an impact because I think his defense is legit. Um, he knows how to move. He's a smart help side defender already. He's really good off the ball. Yeah. I was going to say that his awareness too. Yeah. Uh, his great feel for the game already. Uh, and he's a very underrated playmaker. I feel like he's made Absolutely. some, he made some great passes in college, uh, some no looks, some lobs in the half court uh Zaire Williams uh you know I feel like he kind of is a poor man's Kate Cunningham uh kind of uh, uh yeah I, I can see that like he, he's just a, a lot worse than Kate but <laughs> I think his ceiling is very high it's just uh he might seem a little raw right now because um you know mentally I don't think he was there completely this year but you know I'm a strong believer yeah. in this guy and I think he can make an instant impact, you know, with any team with upside. You know, that's that's the thing here. He can already play for you as, you know, yep. 
as a defender. Um, and I really think he could shoot. His form is smooth. He shot like 80% of college at the free throw line. Um, I really think it was just mental. Um, okay. So, yeah, I, I think Zaire Williams is going to be a star. Um, the same way I feel about Cam Reddish. I'll never let that go. <laughs> we'll right, Cam so Reddish getting off Cam Reddish. I, <laughs> Zaire Williams to me is has top five upside in this draft. I know that sounds crazy, but yeah. his yeah. physical specimen is ridiculous. And the the thing with him that I think concerned people was his shooting. So he reminds me almost a little bit of MPJ only because MPJ got that back injury. And then the scouts like dropped like a, him like a story. Yeah. Yeah. And they questioned his ability. And I think Zaire is kind of similar to that. So he drops in the draft. If you're a team who's willing to take the risk, I, I'd say you jump all over him because the talent like this, and he has a good shot for him, even though, his shot, his shot percentage weren't high. I think his three was under 30%. Yeah, like 20, um, it's 29. Yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's got the upside for sure. And I'd say he's a great pick if you, if he falls to you. Yeah, and absolutely. If he's anywhere in the twenties, I'd take him. Yeah. If honestly, he's like around 10 for me as a prospect, like he's, yeah. you know, but he's definitely not going there this year. <laughs> for real. All right, let's get the next guy. Yeah, so go ahead, Matt. All right, so my next guy is Jalen Johnson out of Duke. Jalen Johnson. Um, he's projected as a late first rounder, but I really like him because of his size and his shooting percentage. Now, he didn't shoot a lot, like, at all, but he's 6'8", I believe, uh, about 210. Yeah, he's, he's 210, 6'8". And he shot 45% rounding up from three. This guy has the ability to be one of those like um, versatile wings where he can, he has the size to guard almost. I want to compare him to like an Aaron Gordon. Like he's big, strong, physical. Um, He can shoot the ball, space the floor. Um, And from an athletic standpoint, it's ridiculous. But what what really stands out to me, because there's a lot of big guys, is that his playmaking ability like yeah he he can play make like he knows how to pressure the rim how to find the open guys he has the awareness to like be smart um he didn't score a lot because he didn't shoot a lot i almost feel like sometimes he overplay makes a little bit so i think coming into the league that's one of those abilities where he's going to be able to transition really well because he knows how to play make um the only thing is I feel like he's a little bit finessey for his size. Like if you watch him in game, like around the rim, he tends to like finger roll or he gets tentative and tries to pass the ball. I'd like to see him be more aggressive because at that 6'9", 220, like you can almost bulldoze anyone, you know? But as a prospect, if he's there again in the 20s, you got to take him. Yeah. um, He's incredibly raw. I'm – I, his athleticism is out the roof. Um, and you're right. I, I, I'm in love with his playmaking. I think that his vision is underrated. Uh, and his execution of the ball is really uh, solid. His velocity is whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, there is a risk to him. Uh, Definitely. 
you know, uh, one thing is his shot creation. I think he does struggle with that. Uh, he's not fluid, I feel like, in the half court um, when I see him play. And sometimes in defense, uh, he's very undisciplined, you know. Um, but yeah. I think all of that's coachable, uh, at least on the defensive side. And I agree with you. I think this guy can be a super – he's like a big – he's like an Aaron Gordon that can pass, you know. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, he's, he's a great prospect. At, he's actually uh, someone I want to see the Clippers draft if he falls to 25. <laughs> I mean, there's so yeah. many great guards. I'm on the Clippers. I'm double downing on a guard. Go sign a big in the offseason. You don't need to draft a big. Like, yeah, drafting yeah. bigs is not the move, man. No. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, Jalen Johnson is a sleeper pick. He can be an Aaron Gordon that could pass. I mean, who, mm-hmm. who wouldn't want that kind of role player? You know? Yep. All right. Who's your next guy? Or my next guy. Uh, Jared Butler, Jared Butler out of uh, out of Gonzaga, no, not Gonzaga. I'm so sorry. Uh, Baylor, Baylor, Baylor. He just beat Gonzaga. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jared Butler was a starting point guard for um, Baylor this year, the mm-hmm. national champions. Uh, his measurables are not that impressive. He's a point guard at six three, weighs about one ninety five, and his wingspan is about six five, I believe. Um, but what I see in him is a First of all, he's a young junior. He's about he's 20 right now. He is. Yeah. So his upside is he still has some upside. But as a ball hawk defender, as a shot creator, and as an off-ball player, he's just so such a great all-around player already as a playmaker, too, on top of that. The floor with him to me is someone like George Hill. Um okay. solid. I see that. Just as a floor, though, that's like I think out the gate he can be someone like George Hill, like a solid starting point guard on a championship team. You know, a guy who can play with LeBron, someone like LeBron, um, just an off-ball guy who can occasionally do something on his own. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm just I think he makes winning plays, and uh, as a defender, I mean. Whatever you ask him to do and is capable, I think he can do it. Um, so, yeah, I, I got Jared Butler as my next guy. I I love Jared Butler. He's one, he's one of the guys I want the Clippers to go after because Lord yeah. he's a point guard. He Watching him in that game against Gonzaga as a starting point guard just pit bull the other team, like hound them. He, he just – his on-ball defense is amazing. And for a point guard, that's big because – I mean, if you look at the NBA, you got guys like Pat Bev. Pat Bev is really effective against small point guards, like, you know, Kyrie's, Curry's, et cetera. And this is one of the things he brings to the table, except he's also a good floor spacer and he's not a liability when it comes to dribbling. And he yeah, also exactly. has good shot creation, which is, I see why you like him. Yeah. And, and Baylor too, like, you know, he played next to the other D Mitchell and the two of them. Hey, beyond. <laughs> yeah. They were nice. Like I, I it looks yeah. he shot forty one percent from three. Um, he was getting five assists a game, scoring sixteen to seventeen. He's he shoots at a high percentage. I I, I love this prospect. I, he's one of the guys that I look at, and I think D Mitchell just overshadowed him. And I feel like scouts just kind of, I don't. I just feel like scouts didn't give him as much credit as he deserved. So he's definitely a great sleeper pick. Yeah, I agree. Um. 
I think a part of it's also because he has like some sort of heart problem. Um, mm-hmm. That might be affecting his draft stock, but I think he just got cleared for that. He did. Um, so yeah, I think he should be fine. Um, but yeah, he's one of these guys like uh, like I mentioned with Zaire and, and uh, what Matt, uh, who Matt mentioned with uh, mentioned with his first pick, um, uh, Cody Kispert. I think he's ready to go already as a contributor on a championship team. Absolutely. And because he's, a, he's such a young player, he's twenty. He's already tw- he's only twenty. Um, I mean, I think his upside is actually higher than people get credit for. Um, you know, I think it, like there's a legit question: Can he be good as Malcolm Brogdon, like to that level, or even better? You know, Malcolm <laughs> Brogdon with playmaking skills. You know, that's how I see Jared Butler. And um, you know, he's being projected almost at this point, like outside of the first round which is like really blowing my mind because of what he already gives you and what he can be in the future so that's crazy yeah Yeah. all right so my final sleeper pick is coming out of houston i'm really excited about this one it's quentin grimes Grimes. he's projected to be like a late mid second rounder which to me is ridiculous um Uh he this guy can turn up like he's older, but he's a point guard and he's listed at 6'4, 205. He just he's all hustle. Like if you watch him play on ball, off ball defense, everything, he hounds it on the defensive side. He's always back in transition. Um, he can shoot the ball effectively. I believe, yeah, he was 40% from three and he shot 253 pointers. So uh-huh. it's not like he didn't shoot, like he is effective as a shooter. He's scoring. Uh, he, it says 55% from the field. He's, he rebounds. He's just all hustle. He's a little older at 21. He's a pretty normal junior coming out. But he's one of those guys that I am shocked that he fell this far to the second round. Um, I actually do project that he's going to get taken in the first round at the end. Um, but this he's one of those guys, if he falls to the second round, like that is a real sleeper. He can really turn it up. And in today's NBA – Hustle and three-point shooting is like everything out of a point guard. It's and we saw we see that with you know all the point guards out here. So yeah, uh quit the grimes. I actually personally haven't done much film study on him and I haven't really looked into him, but uh when I saw him in the NCAA tournament this year, Matt's right, he was an absolute ball hawk on defense. Um he kind of reminds me of like uh an upgrade of Patrick Beverly because of his measurables and his skill set i think he can attack a closeout unlike patrick beverly um yeah uh he's not a great ball handler but he can shot create more than patrick beverly yeah exactly i'm like that's what i'm saying he can just attack a closeout um yeah i just think he could be a better version of patrick beverly's for the clippers uh as a spot up three-point shooter occasionally you know uh rip through uh, and then just go off a off a pass, um, off the dribble, make a quick decision, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it's just a nice floor play, I would say. Um, but to me, he's kind of hard to evaluate because of how unique his skill set is and how well he shot this year from three was I felt like I'm very unexpected because of how he shot before, you know? Yeah. Nah, so, I mean, his shooting is the main reason. Like, if you're shooting 250 and shooting 40%. Yeah, I mean, eight threes a game. 
uh, yeah, eight threes a game, shooting forty percent. Yeah, that's very impressive for sure. So, so uh, my last pick, and this is probably my favorite prospect, and this entire draft is Trey Mann out of Florida. He's six four, has a six four and a half wingspan, I believe, and. He is one of the players that is very polarizing. And instantly, his play style reminds me of Curry, Steph Curry. I'm not saying he's Steph Curry. Don't no, get it I, I agree with you. The way he gets off a pin, pin down screen and relocates for three, I don't see any other college player doing that. Uh, his feel for the game, he doesn't have a very quick first step. But when he gets just getting by the guy with his uh, feel for the game, with his uh, subtlety and his shiftiness um it's just i don't think that's very common and it's just so hard to get down for prospects uh but the fact that he already has that down um yeah i i think that trey man has real upside here and and like the other guy i think he has a real floor too he just as a spot up shooter um on a point as a point guard on a championship team like i think he's already um ready to ready to go it's just his only question is his athleticism and defense I feel like I think uh scouts don't really think that you know they think that he's a liability on defense but I see his height his length um he's not okay his width is or his arm arm length is like what six five so it's not crazy long but um but it's fuel for the guy I think it will be good enough where he'll ultimately be positive for you at the end of the day um and i think he even has more room to grow as a as a playmaker uh he's shown glimpses as uh, he has with having great vision uh his execution is the thing that's off for me um but yeah as a pure score he really is a three-level score in my opinion the only weakness to his game in scoring is his ability uh when he gets to the rim his finishing ability because of how limited he is athletically. So I think to survive in the NBA, he has to develop this floater game, um, whatever, jelly, you know, this layup package, you know, like Kyrie isn't necessarily the most athletic guard, but he gets by through feel. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Trey Mann's upside is real here. I think the fact that he's not like a top 10 prospect is ridiculous to me just from his uh, ability to move off the ball as a shooter. Uh, it's, it's veteran level already, in my opinion. His mm. ability to create his own shot and for others. Um, it's just rare to find those kind of guys, you know, straight out the draft. And, yeah, I, I think Trey Mann's ready to go. And he's ready to prove people wrong, man. You know, I, I personally could not agree with you more. What I really like about Trey Mann is – he is a range extender but like kind of how you said he does it off the ball and if there's anything we know about the nba if you can create shots off the ball and on the ball you're like set especially today point guards we're seeing guys like you know curry and trey young like they are dame lillard like this is the future of the nba point guard you know what i mean um, yeah. i don't know if there's many guys as refined as trey man from that standpoint uh, he shot 40 percent from three you know, he can ball handle. And I agree with you from my eye test. He did not have the quickest first step, but 
I think you're right about the floater. So the player I always think about, and not perfect, but it's it's uh, Trey Young, because they're yeah. both small. Like I think he weighs uh, 178 at 6'4". Like that is tiny. But the way Trey Young's able to shot create is through his floater, and it's effective. So I mean, if Trey Man can yeah, develop like, yeah. something like that, then he can be a real threat at the point guard position. I almost see him as like a Garland too. Yeah, Garland's a good comparison. I, I just feel like uh, scouts are overblowing his flaws because I think the flaws that he has... They're, they're coachable. Yeah, they're coachable. And you can get around not being that quick, you know? Absolutely. He has something that NBA players to this day don't have, and it's feel for the game. There's movement off the ball. Um, yeah, I, and the fact that he already has that, I think is more valuable than having a 40 inch vertical or having a quickest step, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. I mean, I tell you as a Clippers fan, I think we have the 25th pick I'm looking at, you know, Trey man, Zaire Williams, Jalen Johnson, Jared Butler, all the guys we named. I want the one other than Quentin Grimes. I think you can get him later. Anyone that falls to us. Cause I don't think they're going to hang out till 25, you know? I mean, Oh yeah. Yeah, probably. I just don't um, see it. Yeah. I, I just mean, take the best option that we can get in this draft. Just don't sign a big is my only request. Yeah. Just explain what we're saying about don't draft a big is like, there's so many bigs in the market that you can just dunk, um, play pick and roll defense at such a cheap price. There's no reason to spend a first round pick on that. I feel like. Unless you're getting an Embiid or Jokic, it's just not worth it. Exactly. Uh, unless they're generational big men, you know? Yes. That could really that have something different about them. So I know Evan Mobley is the the big prospect. Evan Mobley, yes. To... that's what, Evan Mobley is different. Uh, he yes. is a unicorn. He was like a guard, whatever. But... He's feel too, but he's, he's special. Yeah. yeah. So unless you're getting Evan Mobley... Yeah, don't draft a big in this draft. I, I I don't like any of these bigs. I don't like Kai Jones. I don't like Isaiah Stewart. I don't like any of these guys, to be honest. Isn't there? I thought there was one big who was coming from Europe. Oh, Sagoon. Oh, Sagoon. Wow. Yeah, Sagoon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's pretty good. That guy, uh, he was about to make my list, but because I'm not a big fan of big men, um, yeah. He didn't make it, but he's got like soft hands though, almost like uh, I want to say Sabonis. Like I feel like yeah, he's exactly. Sabonis so is what he is to me. They have like finesse, you know, finesse, touch. So uh, I mean, vision. I'm okay throwing my bigs out of finesse. I just don't like getting bigs who are bigs because yeah, that's just like I keep saying Dwight and Javale, but you can really get a Dwight and Javale. Like you can win championships with those centers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I think this concludes our first podcast. Uh, I think I, I had a lot of fun doing this already. Uh, I'm sure Matt did, our, Matt did too, right? Yes, sir. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, hopefully, we continue to um, continue to keep this going. Uh, show love um, in any way, like like this video or you know, tell your friends about it. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for listening. And, yep. All right, we'll see you all next Wednesday. Thank you.